Happy Halloween, everybody! Oh yeah, Happy Halloween! Any, any? Sorry, happy... sorry about that. No, we are sorry. I mean, uh, we like I don't know what's been happening with this. This is the kind of the first time this happened. We had some connection issues, but uh, never, never a complete breakdown. Mm. Well, I've, I've, when I've used it in the past, um, everyone's always complained that I've been very hard to hear, and I've never been able to get it to go louder. So, well, yeah. thank you to the rescue. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it works. That's good. Uh, so, hi. Nice to meet you. By the way. Yeah. Likewise. Yes. Welcome. Um, and happy Halloween to all the listeners who will probably get this way after Halloween when it's all jingle bells and mm-hmm. everything. But um, we tricked a very nice tweet into chatting with us. Welcome. How do I pronounce your name? Is it Armarna? Armarna. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, to those listening, this is the Right Rings podcast because apparently I'm doing housekeeping because Martin is, I don't know what he's doing. You were quite happy to carry on talking. Um, I, I, I thought the point of the whole thing was for me to talk less, but okay. Um, my name is Greg. <laughs> Where's that? That's not you. I'm, I'm Martin. This, this, yeah, this is my uh, unnaturally unverbose uh, co-host Martin. Um, <laughs> and uh, welcome, Armana. Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, it was a uh, quite a whirlwind that we invited you on the podcast, and I couldn't be happier to have you on. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Those kind of things. Uh, well, um, I'm a I'm a full time writer. Uh, because my my husband is amazing and uh, letting me uh, have a shot at my my dream for real, pretty much. So he makes the money, um, and and I do this. Um, so I am originally from America, obviously, um, but uh, I moved to Scotland because my husband is Scottish about three years ago. So I've I've. I'm on the road to become a citizen within a, a few years, basically. So this is my forever home uh, at this point. Fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, I like it so far. Um, but uh, writing is a bit solitary, so it's it's always good to to make more connections and, and that sort of thing. So, um, more unique about myself, which actually plays into my writing, um, is I tend to go along weird west horror type subjects um, because where I grew up was pretty much exactly what you would picture in your mind as far as a, a tiny town in the middle of nowhere with like 200 people and kind of stuck in time like 1950s <laughs> or even earlier um, I've actually seen donkeys in the back of pickup trucks um, and just you know, the dog sleeping under the truck, you know, in the middle of the road. And it's just pretty much your quintessential, uh, your romanticized idea of, of kind of the old West of what's left of it anyway. 
Um, so I used to play in old mine shafts when I was a kid. My grandparents were prospectors. They knew. I have a book, actually, by um, Billy the Kids, or not Billy the Kid, um, uh, Butch Cassidy's sister, signed to my grandmother, saying what a nice lady she was, and and yeah. So I, I have like this weird kind of old west background that a lot of people even in the states don't have. Um, so that is pretty incredible. Plays a lot into my writing. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, I, I didn't realize it was unique until later, um, basically. I just took it for granted, I guess. Oh, and it's something you've always grown up with. You kind of do, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose it's uh, it's really romantic and cool from the outside and uh, not so much, you know, uh, from, the, from the inside. But I don't know. I, I, I quite liked my childhood because it was... It was so different, you know. I, I'd go gold panning with my grandparents and um, run about in the backyard, up the mountains, and you know, play with the horses. It just, you know, it it was different. It was, um, it was before the interwebs, you know, kind of that weird period between the internet and and you know, old timey stuff. That weird small group of people that kind of live in that between era where. By the time you're in college, you know, the internet was out and everything else was was out. So it was kind of the best of both worlds in, in a certain sort of way. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Fantastic. And how, how did uh, <laughs> writing come about? I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to imagine that um, such, uh, such an environment kind of uh, brings naturally uh, the need to tell stories but uh, I'm sure there's a there's a story behind it um, well, I've always written uh, ever since I was pretty much as soon as I could start holding a pencil um, and I've always really loved horror uh, I used to apparently I really really liked um, uh, the first nightmare on Elm Street a lot and when I was about four years old and uh, I would find ways to get a hold of the, the VHS and watch it. And my dad would try to hide it and I'd somehow find it again and be watching it. And I've just always been really enthralled with, with the gory, awful stuff out there. I think I read it when I was in third grade. Like I was the kid that uh, didn't like to dress up like a princess during Halloween. I wanted to dress up like you know, the Grim Reaper in third grade. Like, that was kind of my thing. I always did that kind of stuff. Um, so ever since I was little, I was writing my own stories because uh, I read Poe and and Stephen King mostly, I think, probably when I was about third grade up. Um, anything kind of dark like that, I liked. Um, and yeah, so I just, I've always kind of been writing, at least off and on through my, my adult years. Um, I started to take it more seriously once I moved here to Scotland. I was doing a regular nine to five prior to this, um, and decided to to go for it. So awesome! You know what's uh, what's funny is that uh, you come from a fairly peculiar environment and arrived into uh, another fairly peculiar environment. Um, <laughs> in in What's so peculiar about Scotland? Well, a lot of... I mean, I know the Scottish, uh, in general, are peculiar, but, you know. 
like, like, I'm allowed to say that. I'm half Scottish. Well, uh, Edinburgh, Ed, Ed, Edinburgh is is kind of like uh, um, a fantasy town, really. It is, oh, yeah. yeah. So, dominated it by is. a massive castle. Well, well, to an American, it's just crazy. You walk down the street and everything's old and. There's history everywhere, and no one cares. Anyone from here is just like, we don't really care. It's 500 <laughs> years old. Who cares? Um, and to an American, that's just that's just a little crazy, you know? It's just we covet anything that's 50 years old. Um, and it just kind of blows our minds that you guys just kind of like, oh, whatever. It's old. We don't care. Uh, so that's that was a little weird to get used to. I, I told a friend of mine, um, she asked how I was um, adapting and I said uh, that it's sort of like looking in a funhouse mirror. Like the the culture is very, very similar, obvious, obviously, to American culture in a lot of ways. And everything seems like it's going fine. And then you move slightly one way, and then you turn into like this short, squat, fat dude in the mirror because suddenly everything shifts just because you said one thing that was either socially not acceptable or something that you didn't know was wrong or you know whatever so it it has a weird way of to an american at least in my from my perspective of turning around and kind of biting me a couple times when i wasn't expecting it kind of thing uh getting used to the the slight cultural differences most mostly with like my husband's family and things like that there's just little things here and there that i wouldn't have thought of as as an american and vice versa that they wouldn't have thought of as as me being an american and stuff so but those kinds of yeah. uh insights and uh, uh realizations i'm i'm guessing help you as a writer because you know it, it helps your uh, process to recognize and uh, implement those those subtle little things into into the story i, I think any experiences to be perfectly honest um i mean i I've lived in Alaska. Um, I've traveled all over. I've, I've lived almost in every single Western state in the United States, um, all the way over to like Colorado, I think. Um, and in general, I, I think I pull from every experience in some some way. Um, every, everything, in, every person that touches your life, I think some you can't help but have that in your work in some capacity. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so. Yeah, I, I mean, the more experience I have, obviously, the better it, it enriches. Um, but yeah, I, I one of my favorite authors is Shirley Jackson, and she was agoraphobic. So I, I don't think you necessarily have to go out into the world. Uh, I think you just have to have to you have to have some sort of empathy for it or compassion for it to to write it. I guess, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was wondering, uh, the, the the book you're you're uh, writing at the moment is uh, is that your first one, or uh, have you actually released other work um, before? So I've had some horror short stories published. Um, I did my first novel and finished it about three months ago, um, and that one is a young adult urban fantasy, very weird west supernatural slant to it. <clears throat> And I'm cur- awesome. I'm currently trying to get an agent. I don't know if that's gonna work so well. I had my dream agent actually. Her assistant came back and asked for a partial, um, and then she came back to me about a week after that and said, "Yeah, um, I don't think this is quite for us." So hopes dashed a bit on that. 
but I've been trying some other avenues with it because I think I might have an issue with the start of the book. So I I did try for a mentor, the, what is it, the pitch, the pit mad thing. Uh, didn't get anywhere with that. I tried YA for YA and actually we're supposed to get the results tomorrow. Um, and both the mentors that I chose wanted the full manuscript. Um, so I'm kind of hoping one of them takes me on and might be able to help me gauge a bit better where I might be going wrong a bit in the start because I think the issues with the start and of course that's the first thing anyone sees so I I am nervous about that uh, because I actually do think the rest of it's pretty solid I just think there's something not quite right and I can't put my finger on it um so while that's yeah sometimes it it, yeah so it's sort of like I think you were describing one of your podcasts that you will step away from it for a little while and sometimes the answer will come to you over time um and i guess i kind of take that same same sort of approach um so i'm just letting it set i'll see what happens with this YA for YA thing see if see if uh, i get some feedback um in the meantime um i have a, a nice author friend who told me agents want to know that you have a career uh so what is your next project? And I said, well, I was thinking about doing the sequel. She said, no, 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 don't do that. Because if no one picks up this book, you're just putting your time into a sequel for nothing. I said, well, okay, that's a good point. Um, And she said, an agent's going to want to know that you have something else on the table. So what I sent you guys was my something else on the table that I started. Uh, Again, will be another YA, but it'll be... um, uh, Some of my heritage is, is Native American. So I borrow a lot of ideas from that culture in a lot of ways so it'll have a lot of that kind of influence in it and I guess I'm describing as uh, Watership Down across with The Wizard of Oz kind of I guess um, it'll be something along those lines but dark I really like that uh, that story it was really intriguing um, that you sent yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad, bud. That, that was that was my goal. <laughs> uh, so, um, are you are you doing uh, NaNoWriMo? I am. I I I'm one of those people who needs to get pushed. Like I don't actually like the writing part. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid. Um, I like the result. I like I like the product, but the actual process is it drains me and it takes me so long to do it'll take me a couple couple weeks to do a chapter um, because I'll just I'm, I'm very methodical and I'm very specific about the way that I what words I choose and what I do and I know they say you're not supposed to edit as you go but I cannot help it um, so I'm like oh I'm always doing that yeah, normally it takes me a while to do um, so if I have a little bit of a push like a bit of a deadline I tend to at least get through it a bit faster and then I can go back and, and try and fix things I'm not happy with. Uh, so I'm doing NaNoWriMo more just to kick my own butt and, and kind of get this out um, and see what happens with it. I have a, a rough idea where it's going, um, but not too much, honestly. It's going to be a bit unplanned in certain certain ways. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. It was initially supposed to be a short story and it turned into something larger. So. As, it, as it does. 
Iya. Yeah. But I tend to write short stories. That's like my thing that I do. And uh, so it's a little different to be moving more to the novel length of things. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully I can keep it up. I'm more concerned I can't, I'm not going to be able to write another book. I've done one. Am I actually going to be able to finish another one? Um, so, yeah. So another thing, like, um, uh, for the listeners, it was last week, um, for us it was actually last night, um, uh, we, we talked with uh, Jason Sizemore um, from Apex Magazine, and we talked about oh. kind of uh, small, small press publishing and uh, building your career kind of through short stories, and that might also be a viable thing uh, for you to maybe try out. Um, funny, funny you should say that. Uh, I've actually been shortlisted with Apex on a couple of uh, short stories, but I've never quite gotten there. I've been shortlisted, but never quite gotten that. Um, so I put away the short story stuff to to work on the novel. Uh, so maybe I'll I'll revisit. I have a couple ideas for a few short stories that I might hash out and then try again. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not quite good enough apparently for Apex <laughs> quite yet. <laughs> Shortlisted, so I'm, I'm happy about that, but not quite, quite there. Um, so yeah. Matt, maybe, maybe you should, uh, uh bring out actually, um, instead of, uh, like putting them away, you should, you should start revisiting old short stories and, uh, and revise them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, benefit of time and, um, uh, you know hindsight that uh... I've, I've thought about that I have a couple that I really quite like the idea but I didn't quite like how it turned out um, so yeah I might I might try that um, there's one that you probably really like because I know that you like the expanse and things like that that yeah. it's kind of a um, end of world space short story thing uh, which probably is not scientifically sound in any capacity but I like it anyway so <laughs> um yeah, so I, I might try and rehash that one out. And also, like um, uh, now that you mention it, it's uh, it's great when you when you can show um, that you have you have a range, which um, I personally will never be able to do because all I do is science fiction, and uh, <laughs> I don't I don't do YA, I don't do urban fantasy. Um, okay, my nano project is, is kind of a, a historical fiction, but still it's serving the sci-fi project. So, but you know, if, if you have diversity um, in the themes and topics of your writing, that's um, that's an asset. Yeah, it is. I, I think I always have some element of horror in everything that I do. Um, I just... That's that's just me, um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a bit worried about that actually. If if it's diverse enough or not, I kind of just write what I want to write. Uh, but I've also noticed sometimes you get pigeonholed, especially once you once you start publishing, that you kind of get stuck uh, in, a, in a particular genre or something. With the exception of like maybe Neil Gaiman or or some folks like that. Um, you kind of almost kind of get stuck in this one kind of genre. You know, you're always doing mysteries, or you have to change your pen name if you want to do something else. Uh, and I'd rather not. Uh, uh, as it was with uh, Stephen King. Yeah, I just I'd really rather not do that. And 
um, it didn't used to be that way. Like Richard Matheson did horror, he did thrillers, he did science fiction, he did, you know, same with Reed Bradbury and, and other writers like that. They kind of just wrote what they wanted to. Um, and I kind of almost want to go back to that where it's just you write what you want. If they want to buy it, they buy it. Uh, but I'm also one of those female writers that doesn't want to go by um, uh, initials uh, and almost hide what my gender is. You know, like I, I don't want to do that at all. So um, I, yeah. I went back and forth on what I, should I do a pen name or my real name or what? And I was like, you know what? No, just gonna be me. If you want to read it, cool. If, if you don't, because I'm a girl then you're not my audience so that's fine um mm-hmm. so yeah so i don't know we'll just see what happens yeah that, that's that's kind of the way like you mentioned um it's uh it's it's weird that uh, uh people pigeonhole you in um uh, into certain genres or, or certain styles um when like neil gaiman does a lot of things as you mentioned but they are all recognizably Neil Gaiman stories and they're very much so and yes. it's, I, I think it's just a matter of persistence um, to to have a body of work that uh, span, spans um, uh, all, all, all kinds of uh, styles and genres and but they you know like you said all of them have some kind of horror element to it so those are those are going to become our Martin stories and uh, you will be known yeah. by that we'll, we'll see <laughs> a lot of it luck um, and timing and not so much talent I'm I'm realizing uh, sadly um, and I have yeah, a lot of that does seem to be a bit that tell me the same thing like it's just persistence and luck and you just gotta hope that it's gonna happen um mostly i just want someone to read it especially that the book i finished because it's i plan on being a series and i really like it like it's my own mythos on a ghost world and it's it's very much me and it's not one genre really it's a big smashing of several um and i just want people to read it i think um, how about um, have you ever considered um, self-publishing? I think that will be my last resort, mainly because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is I don't want to do my own marketing if I can help it. Uh, I know you'll have to no matter what if you go through a publisher or whatever, to a degree. But if you're self-publishing, it's just a lot more work. And and. I, I, I assume so, and you could correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that, since you've done self-publishing and stuff. Martin has, anyway. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it, it is um, it is difficult. Uh, I'll certainly grant you that. Um, yeah, the promotion aspect and and things like that. Um, and so uh, I, just I, basically trying to trying to get people to 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 see it. Yeah, so I, I know myself well enough to know that I would do better if I had an agent. That would be my, I don't mind paying the 15%, you know, that would be ideal. I'm also realizing that's really hard to get an agent. Publishers seem to be more interested in what I'm writing than agents are, which is really interesting. Um, I've gotten a few publishers 
interested in this book or agents have not been nearly as keen um so i uh i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm gonna continue trying thing for a while then i'll go to publishers and if that just doesn't work out then i'll do self-publishing because I, I will have been something is going to happen with this it's not going to just sit there um and so because what i was thinking um is that uh and i i i can't believe that i'm saying this but uh there is like traditional self-publishing like putting it on the amazon marketplace or or, or market or, or whatever um and that's kind of an oxymoron uh traditional self-publishing um, that sounds weird but the other thing is like um maybe lightning lightning doesn't strike twice um but uh Scalzi put his book his first novel up on his website and uh, the publisher just bought it yeah and and that has happened a couple of I just can't remember the uh, other's name the one who did the Martian I think he was a self-pub oh yeah he threw his up for like 99 cents and it just took off um but there's an irish publisher as well that that did the same thing made a whole career out of it i mean there's there's been success stories but again it's timing and luck yeah. uh, it's just you could have all the talent in the world um but if you just have bad timing maybe you know it may not happen um and i've accepted this and that's okay um but um Yeah, I again I would just be happy if some people read it. So it something will happen with it. Maybe. And and it will find a market somewhere eventually. And and from what I um from what I know about your style and and about uh the 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 feel of, of uh what kind of stories you're telling, maybe you want to query um career books. Um it seems right up there at least. Then I want to carry what now? Um uh uh there is a there is a small publisher uh called uh Quirk Books. Um they publish the sh- uh, the Shakespeare Star Wars and uh Oh yeah. Um they do um a, a very they have a very diverse portfolio and uh, it seems like it it might be a good fit. It's just an idea. Yeah. Um Yeah, shoot, shoot me the name. I I'm starting to collect some publishers names that I'll try in this next wave like Tor. Mm-hmm. Um I think Tor would probably be a pretty good fit. Um and a few others like that. Um there's a few here in Edinburgh, in Edinburgh as well that do strictly YA like um yeah, Black and White is here that Edinburgh's, you know, obviously pretty big on literature and stuff here so if you if you haven't already i cannot recommend um getting uh a writer's market um to to flip through and and do kind of a research on agents and uh yeah um publishers. Do, i actually use query tracker um i don't i don't know if you've used that at all um, no not yet uh, i i've seen it it's available but uh um it's it's amazing because it's up to date instantaneously pretty much mm-hmm. as soon as there's an issue at all they'll update it you'll know that those agents there are kosher uh if any of the agents have an issue they're taken off the list any publishers have an issue they're taken off the list um and it's free uh you can pay for um you can pay for uh, an extended service on it um but and i i i love it it's it's helped me a lot so i know that i'm actually 
speaking to someone more legit, it, it helps me research um, some of these small print publishers that have come to me and are, are interested where I'm kind of like, mm, maybe not so much, you know. But yeah, that's also a good tool. Um, so how, how is your writing process look, look like? Um, um, what do you do? Like you said, you are you're a full-time writer, and that's 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 a great thing. Um, how do you work? Um, what's your what's your process? Um, typically, I think for a really long time, <laughs> because I don't really necessarily do outlines. Um, I kind of tell myself the story in my head a little bit of well, that'd be interesting if I did this. Um, and then I'll, I'll start to write it. Um, if I have a, a, a vague idea of what might happen in the future, I might just kind of put a note further down and continue on. Um, but, uh, I actually do a tactic that I didn't realize was a tactic, um, until I was reading about Hemingway. I guess he used to do this too. Um, but I actually started, uh, to end whatever it was I was writing halfway. So say I'm, I'm starting to write a chapter. Normally I would finish that chapter all the way through and, and finish. Um, but now I, I get to a point and I end halfway through a sentence and then I leave it. Um, and I have found that I pick up a lot faster and easier the following day if I have something that's half done versus if it were at a completed or a, a, a ended spot somehow. Um, you know, sometimes when you're, you're trying to write and you can't, it takes you a little while to work up like, okay, so where was the story going or whatever. This seems to have gotten rid of that, just ending halfway. And I guess Hemingway used to do the same thing. He just would stop halfway and then continue on the next day. Um, so I don't know if I, I have a effective process. Um, I do a lot of world building. I think, Greg, you do the same sort of thing. You were saying that you... You think a lot about how how it actually works and, and things like that. So I do a lot of thinking about that. Like, is this actually a feasible thing, or does this even make any sense? Um, and I'm also a really big history buff, so I do a lot of research because I throw in a lot of history into whatever I do. Uh, typically, typically there's a lot of history. I actually made my own <laughs> cowboy dictionary uh, because in my first book I, I have a cowboy, a, a ghost cowboy. His name's Macasia. Uh, and I wanted his dialect to be really specifically Old West. You know, he died in the late 1800s, so I really wanted him to have a pretty thick drawl and stuff. And so I started to create an Excel file of of terms and and words and things from that era to give it a lot of authenticity. And I think it ended up being about 5,000 lines when I was done, um, I, which I still have and it's very handy um, so I'm one of those really weird people who really love the research aspect of writing um, I will research the heck out of everything um, and find it super fascinating and interesting and then it'll just take me a while to actually get it onto paper um, so yeah I, I do a lot of thinking uh, less writing more thinking pretty much but I'm generally a lot happier with what I've written when I do it that way versus if I just start to jot something down. 
Yeah, you know, um, there is like uh, two two people came to mind. Um, one is uh, Joss Whedon, who who repeatedly said that he he never starts writing until the people in his head stop talking. Um, yeah, and uh, that's that's uh, that's another way to put it. And uh, the other is I really love the sentiment of. Uh, in the West Wing, um, uh, it was, uh, I think, Toby Ziegler's character who said that um, pen and paper is for uh, sissies um, <laughs> because, you know, you can just write in your head and, and uh, after a while it just, uh, it just comes out. And I think that's, that's really valuable to, to all those people who are not, who, who want to write, but they don't feel because as with so many things we are we tend to turn it into binary so you're either an outliner or a planner or you are a pencil or yeah. a discovery writer and it's it's not necessarily true or really hardly ever true you do a, a hybrid of it most of the time anyway. yeah. um, so it's uh, it's so good to to see examples of uh people's process and what works for them because then you know hey um this is a business where nobody knows anything yeah and and there's no there's no rules yeah so um at least in my my opinion there's no rules you can do it any way that you want as long as you get it out on the paper yeah and and Um, if there are rules let's break them anyway yeah yeah and well yes i think there are some rules that shouldn't be broken because it creates weaker writing, but I'm particular that way. I'm, I'm one of those horrible people that I'll be reading a book and I'm like, oh, this guy, his adverbs, it's killing me. Um, so, I mean, yes, I think most rules can be broken as long as you, as long as you're cautious. I think everything in moderation. Yeah. In writing and life and everything, I think everything in moderation is fine. By the way, that um, cowboy uh, dictionary, you can actually make uh, a pretty penny off of it if you. I I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually thought about that of of just making it actually into a full on dictionary <clears throat> because it it has been incredibly helpful. <laughs> it has been really really helpful. Um, so yeah, I, I used to be a history major, and particularly in U.S. history. So I have a lot of of history entrenched in whatever it is that I do Um, so you would probably quite like parts of it because I've been told it's very Whedon-esque as far as the humor Uh, one of my favorite movies is Cabin in the Woods and I really like that kind of snark subtle humor and so I have a lot of that kind of humor throughout it when when, when, uh, they incorporate uh, the they kind of parody the 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 gimmicks of a, of a genre yes. um, and build it into the plot as an active uh, element. That's uh, yeah, Kevin in the Woods is uh, is just yeah. Fun. That's one of that is a brilliant film. Like it, I absolutely it love really it. is. Yeah, it's it completely surprised me when I when I originally saw it. I was like, this isn't a horror film. I, but it is, it is, and it isn't. It's it's just <laughs> such a brilliant movie. Um, it was very well done. I loved it. A 
lot. Yeah. That one in, in Pan's Labyrinth are probably two of my favorite horror films. I know a lot of people wouldn't put them in horror category, um, but mm, I'd, I'd definitely say Pan's Labyrinth is. They're they're definitely this way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Cabin in the Woods is just absolutely brilliant, and the humor is great. Um, and I I you know I have a certain love of of horror and humor kind of being intertwined in certain ways. I think I think that's a lot of fun. I think uh, most books and most genres have an allowance for a, a certain type of humor because you're always going to get um, there are certain characters who who will the, use the comic um, what they call get, yeah, or there are certain types of character or types of people who will use uh, gallows humor. Oh, yeah, yeah. They use they use it as a way of dealing with uh, stressful situations. Soldiers are a, a case in point. So you're always going to have room for some humor in in whatever you write. Yeah, yeah, and especially you know, uh, like uh, keeping keeping the reader's attention is is all about you know tension and releasing that tension. And humor is a great like you can't have um, a perpetually um, rising tension. You have to kind of lift it a little bit and. Uh, I, I think it was actually just Whedon who who said, and I'm paraphrasing, that you know, make it dark, make it dark, but at the end of it, please God, tell a joke. For God's sake, tell tell a joke. I was thinking of the exact <laughs> same quote myself. Yeah. So speaking of Cabin in the Woods, um, and by the way, that movie uh, they wrote, uh, like crazy geniuses. Uh, as they are they wrote the, it was like a weekend or yeah. something wasn't it yeah they logged the, yeah they, they logged themselves into but they were talking about it for a long but they were talking about it for a long time yeah. as i recall like they were talking about the plot points and things for a long while yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that i can very much relate to talking about it for a while and then just like throwing it out on paper you know kind of thing yeah um but anyway um, so I was going to ask, like, what kind, what kind of books do you read, or what kind of uh, TV or movies do you watch to uh, to uh, inspire yourself, or or kind of get into the mood, and also just for fun. Man, I'll I'll watch pretty much anything other than really mostly chick flicks. I'm, I've never been really big on them. If if I if I do watch a chick flick, it's generally something that's more quirky like um eternal Sun- sunshine of the spotless mind or 500 days of summer or stardust you know um that's about as chick flicky i think as i get um but i'll watch pretty much everything i really love really horrible uh <laughs> horror flicks like really bad ones because you can get ideas from anything and sometimes if you're just watching a god-awful film, there'll be just this little kernel of something, and it may not even be related, and you'll be like, you know, that'd be a really interesting idea, and it'll spawn something. So I, I like to watch bad films. Um, just one, I don't have to pay close attention and can work on something else, and, and two, you never know what, uh, what it might birth, I guess, in your head. Um, as far as books go, um, I never actually read a lot of fantasy until more recently, which is a bit funny because I started to write fantasy before I started to read it. Um, but uh, 
I've been getting a little bit more into to YA fantasy and, and been expanding that that knowledge, I guess, a little bit more. Um, but as far as writers that I like, I, I really like Stephen King. I, it, people have issues with him. I have issues with him. But as a writer goes, I think he's super solid. Um, he uh, he has a good cadence. He has a, he has a good rhythm. Uh, the the way that he writes is is just super solid. It may not be uh, the most beautiful thing in the world, uh, but man, it's it, it hits just right. And I, I don't I don't know how else to explain it. But it just I think he's probably what I, I go for as far as a goal, as far as how I write. Um, his endings are terrible. I very much disagree with the fossil method that he does of just discovering the ending. I think you should at least have an idea of where the end is supposed to be when you get there. Um, it does tend I, to help, I find. I, yeah, I think it's failed him a lot of times um, and and kind of ended on a lackluster kind of note. Sometimes it's worked out wonderfully and sometimes it just hasn't at all. Um, but yeah, so overall, I, I think he'd probably be one of my most favorite authors. Um, do, do you think because because he uh, because of that, um, he's um, that's why the movies um, based on his books are less than satisfactory for the most part because uh, it just because movies are like they live in, in their endings. And if the ending is weak, then the whole movie is weak, is and the, the movie kind of falls apart. Yeah. Um, yes, because the ones that have been good have been by Frank Danabot. I, I think is how you say his last name. He's the one who did Shawshank Redemption. He did The Green Mile. He did um, The Mist. Um, whenever he's adapted any of Stephen King's work, his he rewrites the endings a lot of the time and they end up just being way better. Like The Mist in particular, the ending in his version of The Mist is so much better than the Stephen King version that Stephen King has actually said, I wish I would have thought of that. Like he's actually made the comment of, dang it, why didn't I think of that? That's great. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I think it might depend on, on the director. If the director is, is true to the work, in that in that particular instance, I think it kind of fails slightly. Um, if they better it with their own interpretation, and I know this is a, I, I think this was one of your guys's podcasts before was, should they adapt? Should they not? I happen to be a person who likes what they did with Lord of the Rings, uh, because I don't think it would have worked, being a strict adaption on film. I just it, the way that it was written, I don't think it would have, it would have worked as well. Um, well, some of you, so a part of that is probably the fact that um, Lord of the Rings is like centuries old. Sorry, you broke up. Say yeah. that again. I say um, a part of that is probably the fact that um, Lord of the Rings is, is like centuries old, so um, a lot of it won't translate well to film. Yeah, I think it's part of that, but the, the way that Tolkien actually wrote... Um, don't get me wrong, he's a good writer, but he, he, didn't, he didn't have good uh, tendencies. Uh, what, I, what I mean by that is, you'll remember in the, in the second book, he stuck with just one side and then the last half of the book is all, all the other side, which was just throwing as a reader, in my opinion. 
to go from one group halfway through and then switch to the other one and then never go back to the first one. Um, so there was a lot of little things in there that if you actually did a, a true ad- adaptation, it would have just not worked as well, I don't think. Um, mm. Particularly with Mary and Pippin when they go into in, into the forest and everything else. Uh, I don't know. I just... I like how they changed his story. Um, and I'm, I'm really fine with people changing other people's works to a degree to make it work for screen because I just some things I just don't think work as well um, as they do in your mind or, yeah. or whatever else. Yeah, well, Tolkien, I, I, I think, is more of a historian. Uh, yeah, he, he was a linguist, you know? Yeah, he was a historian, and he, he was brilliant. But he wasn't really a writer. He was a storyteller, um, which was fine. I, I'm, I, figure, I feel that I'm a storyteller, not a writer. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's fine for people to change your work sometimes, as long as it's not ridiculously changed. And to your point, like, um, I, I really like um, Ready Player One as a book. Um, not so much the second part, because I think it, it kind of went off track. But um, I, I saw the outrage around the movie. Because it was so different from the book, um, and mm. at the same time, I think it was uh, it was the it, it, it was the right call to make because um, you just can't translate the stuff that's in the book onto the screen. But what you can do is translate the ethos of of what uh, what he's trying to do um, yeah. in text and do it do the same thing but adjusted for film and um, and with Lord of the Rings I, I didn't mind the change like I didn't mind that they changed the story I did mind the, the pointlessness of, uh, of a lot of changes and I think in this respect uh, um, Harry Potter is a much better adaptation I think uh, um, I would I would say that except for the first two, I thought the first two weren't weren't done as well and of the Harry Potter movies. I thought I think they got better after that. Yeah, as 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 they kind of um, became the the books became more serious and more more grown up. Um, so did the movies and and uh, it, it it uh, it went better and uh, like with with the uh, Tolkien adapting the hobbit which is like 80 pages long into three movies that was a mistake let's just yeah um i i, I have issues with the hobbit stuff um, mainly because he didn't stick with his guns like what worked with lord of the rings which was simple special effects um yeah. and bigotures and miniatures and things like that that worked really effectively and he just went way overboard with the graphics and everything in my opinion yeah true enough uh, so I, I did not enjoy that nearly as much um but i really actually liked the writing of lord of the rings and i think that you said that you did like the two towers of all of them the, the most and that's actually my favorite <laughs> of the movie is the two towers one because of the way that it's cut um it's cut in such a way that it leaves the audience wondering where these characters are going versus path directly and and I thought that was a really good way of doing it very very different from the book uh, 
but I thought for a movie, I thought that that worked a lot better. Yeah, o- o- um, overall, I I really like the the Lord Rings movies. Um, it's just that um, there there are like certain choices that I cannot get along with, like Faramir, um, the way they changed uh, him, or um... see, and I think that they needed to change him because if they didn't, that meant that that. So in the book, he was able to easily just be like, "Oh, I don't want the ring," and that takes away the ring's power if you do that completely. Like, if this one guy could just be like, "No, it's it's fine," uh, then what's the point? And so I think they needed to make that change in the movie <laughs> because that was the whole point: was that this ring could control anybody. Um, I don't know that uh, we could agree to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I, I personally like the changes. I think to me that they made sense. Um, they were logical to me. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so to go back to the things I read, I read kind of whatever. Uh, so history, all that stuff. I watch whatever. Um, yeah, because you never know where that idea is going to come from. So. And speaking of kind of like uh, weird West. Um... We we talked about it, uh, or I brought it up because I'm I'm completely um, fascinated by by the uh, show. Um, do you watch Vinona uh, Earth at all? Say that one more time. Do I watch um, what? Vinona uh, Earth. Oh, Winona Earth. Yeah. Um, I started to watch it. Um, I couldn't really get into it. Mm-hmm. I think I, I watched through episode seven or eight. I, I'll I'll try and give it another shot. I think I just haven't been in the mood to to go back to it. But it was just a little bit too, eh. I don't know. Um, eh. I liked the overall idea though because it's, it's something that draws me. It's the kind of thing that I would do. I just eh. it has made me interested in reading the comic though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. A, I, I don't know. Yet, I, I, I don't know. Yet. I haven't decided. It's it's such a uh, uh, like the the uh, kind of the Wild West is uh, having uh, having such a comeback, and I, I really like it because um, there's so much potential um, in that setting that all genres can kind of use. Um, from you know supernatural to to kind of uh, I I really want to either read or write uh, 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 a Wild West noir because I think that would, yeah. that would work really well. Uh, there's a, a tabletop game game from years ago that was a big inspiration for the book that I wrote. Uh, called Deadlands. Have you ever heard of that? Um, I I've seen it on on, on uh, shelves, but I I have not uh, played it or read it. Uh, super. Well, the original system was a lot of fun. It was a D20 system. A lot of fun. Um, ridiculous game. But the, the general premise is that the Civil War was never won. Uh, North and South are still fighting, and during this, there's a big earthquake in California. To where California just breaks into a bunch of, of islands and has a substance that they discover called ghost rock that powers ends up being basically 
the main power source for everything, like steam engines and everything else. But with this ghost room comes a whole other slew of things, which is like a lot of manitous and spirits and, and evil stuff. So it's like this really interesting, weird twist idea. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. But it was it was one of my one of my inspirations for, for the book that I wrote. Um, and that reminds me that uh, you're a gamer, um, yeah. and uh, does that? Do you think it uh, it kind of informed or or uh, influenced the way that you write or um, the, the the stories that you tell? Uh, well, definitely, because I I wrote it sort of like <laughs> sort of like it was an RPG. Um, because each character has their thing that they do, and uh, each kind of has their powers in a lot of places. Uh, I could totally see it as a video game, to be honest, because it just kind of, that's kind of how I wrote it in a lot of ways, was as an RPG. Um, so yeah. yeah. Um, have you gotten used to the taste of Iron Brew yet? Ew, it's icky. <laughs> Oh, uh, you'll never make it. In, you'll never make it in Scotland if you can't if you can't handle wine brew. No, it's it's awful. <laughs> My husband tries to get me to try it. And, ugh, it's icky. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah, there'll, there'll probably come a point, maybe around the the, the five year mark, possibly uh, ten, where you'll keep saying it's icky, but you'll be chugging it down like the rest of them. No, I don't. I really don't think so. I did. I did try some barbecue that used iron an iron brew. Um, sauce which was actually pretty good but I, I, I just don't like it like I've, I've tried it several times it's, just, it's icky don't like it everyone here drinks it I, I don't well, never <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um, okay if I'm doing the honors as per usual uh, in that case um I've completely lost where we are. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yes. Um, no, sorry, you're going to have to do it, Greg. I'm, I'm completely lost now. All right. My train of thought is just completely all over the place. Uh, well, you... There was something about there's something about 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 things happening and weeks, and I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, thank you. For, uh, thank you everyone for joining in um, uh, and thank you Armana for uh, joining us and, and talking to us it's been uh, a delight thank you for having me um, yeah. it's been a pleasure um, as per usual um, we will um, interrogate our lovely guest um, to give us links and um, uh, uh, other materials for the show notes um, and um, Please, please um, talk to us. Uh, let us know what you thought. Um, uh, you can reach us on Twitter, um, either um, our individual accounts. Um, what's yours, Armana? Is it Armana Forbes? Do I recall it correctly? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we will we will uh, put your put your uh, Twitter um, handle in, in the show notes as well. Um, um, as well as our own um, and uh, you can find the podcast's own uh, Twitter account at Right Wings 
um, send us an email um, writewings.podcast.gmail.com um, yell at us on Anchor um, because you can do voice messages and also don't don't forget to uh, to rate us on uh, iTunes or or any of the other um, podcast playing places that allow you to to, to do ratings because yes. the more you rate us then the more the more people get to see us and the more well the more we get to, uh, to build and expand on what we have yeah um, you don't have to you know rate us five stars although that's much appreciated it's the amount of ratings that count unfortunately um, so um, yeah but five so, stars are always nice yeah I'm, I'm not saying it, uh, you know but they don't have to do it um, uh, they just you know they just they, they should just rate us um, whatever they feel like it if you like the podcast share it with your friends if you didn't like it share it with your enemies um, we, we will take anyone and everyone who would listen at, to if, us at this point in time we'd even take sharing it with your cat yes um, so thank you everyone have a, have a great um, Halloween um, now you know we, or rather yeah, we hope you did have a good Halloween yeah yeah. we hope you did have a, a, a nice Halloween we certainly did um, it was a treat Armana thank you very much and uh, yeah we will talk to you next week or whenever absolutely see you next time The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.